Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show, our first show of the new year here in 2017. So, welcome, everybody. Still, thank you for listening. It's hard to believe that this show has been on since 2014, and now we're rolling in to a brand new year, and hopefully we can make this show as entertaining now, in 2017, more than ever. Because we have a lot of new technology that can really bump this podcast up to being the very best that it could be with all these new developments that could be coming out. Because you never know. Because there's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's iTunes right now. But could you imagine the technology that could break in 2017? I'm excited for it. I mean, just in the last year, we've had Periscope and uh, Snapchat. Uh, not Snapchat, but Instagram Live and uh, Twitter Live and Facebook Live. It's amazing to think about how a normal person can be sitting in their living room and be broadcasted worldwide in front of you know millions of people sitting on their couch. Think about what kids in the 1950s and the 1960s would think if somebody from the future told them that one day they could be sitting on their couch, hit a button, and be seen by the whole world. They they would think that's the most ludicrous idea or the most ludicrous statement that you've ever said or they've ever heard because it does sound ludicrous. You know, just think about the... I don't think people really grasp the reality and how cool that is. You can be... Live in front of the world. You don't have to have ABC, CBS, NBC. You don't have to have a major network to broadcast you all over the world. We could make this show, this podcast, a broadcasted show on the internet if we decided to go live with it. Which I do still want to have a live show where people can actually see what it looks like while doing the show. But 2017, it's a new year, and what I like about 2017, and, and or really just any other year that's new, is that it's just a time where you can really kind of start fresh, set New Year's resolutions, set goals, and you have all year to complete them. It's going to be a big year for me. I turned 29, 29 years old, and this is interesting. Now, I'm almost 30, and... It's important when you get up there in age to make sure you keep a good check on your health. I went to the doctor for the first time in a hundred years the other day, and I've been to the doctor before. You know when I'm sick or you know need some type of test done or something like that. But as far as a checkup goes, it's been a long, long time. So me just realizing that I needed to go to the doctor, I needed to establish care establish, you know, they call it, they don't call it going to the doctor anymore. It's a healthcare provider. And I, I didn't have a regular doctor because I always, when I go to the doctor for like a um, sore throat or if I have a cold or something, they always ask, who's your primary uh, doctor? And I don't have one. I have to say nobody. So I knew I needed to get a doctor for one, just in case anything bad happens. And plus, I need to start getting yearly checkups to just to make sure everything's okay. And it's important. I think everybody needs to do that. I think everybody needs to go get tests run every single year. Check your 
glucose, check your blood pressure, check your, you know, your sugar. All that stuff people need to get a good grasp on because your health, if you don't have health, good health, you don't have anything. It doesn't matter if you're a multi-billionaire. You can't really enjoy it if you're not healthy. So I just want to make sure I'm healthy. So I went to the doctor, uh, went to the Lexington Clinic, uh, got an awesome doctor from the Lexington Clinic, and he asked me when the last time I had been to the doctor, and I said, well, man, this is actually the first time that I've been to the doctor since I was in high school, you know, because my mom always took me to the doctor for yearly checkups when I was still living under her roof many, many years ago. And let me just say, if you go to the doctor, if you do, if you do decide to go to the doctor for the very first time in a long time, they do a very extensive test. So they started running a battery of tests on me. They took blood so they could check all that good stuff because it all comes out in the blood because your blood don't lie. That's what's flowing through your veins, and that will pretty much tell the story if anything's wrong with you. But not only did they do the tests, there was a few things that just made me feel very, very uncomfortable. I had to, you know, he took my shirt off, checked my chest, made me breathe, checked my uh, lymph nodes. And then he was like, okay, take off your pants and your underwear. And I was like, crap, I made it through 28 years of my life without having to do this. Am I really going to have to do this now? And I took my pants off. Took my under and pulled my underwear kind of slightly down because I was just trying to avoid getting completely nude because it's just uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable doing that. <laughs> and he said, "No, no, go ahead and take off your entire underwear." So here I go. I pulled out my underwear, and here I am standing there completely naked, no shirt, no pants, no underwear. And he's just, you know, filling around, just checking, making sure everything's good down there, checking lymph nodes, checking for lumps or anything, and, you know, just FYI, everything was okay. Then he made me turn my head and cough, but I was sitting there thinking just how awkward that was, and those who complain about getting a colonoscopy, I've always heard that the worst part about that thing is just getting naked in front of the doctor, but I've also had people tell me that you really don't get completely naked for a colonoscopy because... You have a gown on, and those gowns open up in the back, and really they just need access to your colon so they don't really go full frontal. So that, you know, but it was it was awkward. And, you know, it's needless to say I was okay, and I do appreciate him doing that. I'm glad that he did it because, you know, uh, he is a doctor. He was very professional about it, and I don't really know how I would feel about, like, just having, like, a... I don't know, like a relationship outside the doctor's office with my doctor because of, you know, the man seen me naked. You know, I mean, that's the only man that has seen me naked since I'm sure my dad when I was a kid. So, yeah, that was a little awkward. But, yeah, everything was okay. Everything was cool. But I do recommend everybody go to the doctor. Get everything checked up on. Um, I do... It has made me realize that I do need to live a healthier lifestyle. Everything that I thought would be a little higher than what it needed to be on those blood tests was. Like, I eat way too much fast food. Uh, eat health, unhealthy. I need to eat healthier. And that's one of my goals for 2017 is to cut out a lot of the sugary things that I eat and drink. So I've been 
cutting up pop. I've not had an ice cold pop since 2016. And I hope, not to say that I won't have a pop the entire year, that's unrealistic, but I am going to very much so cut down on my sugar consumption with liquids and food. Now, if you were on Facebook, on the Off the Cuff Facebook page, you might have saw a post that I put up on the site, and it's Off the Cuff's 10 Most Fascinating People According to Adam Banks. And this is a new thing that I've started to where at the end of every year, I will list the 10 most fascinating people according to me. And to make it to this list, you have to be somewhat newsworthy for that entire year, meaning you will be... You have made a big impact for that year of 2016. Now, let me just go through and read my 10 most fascinating people and give you a little brief description of why I chose each one. Number 10 on the list was Tyler Eulis. Reason being, he is probably my favorite UK player of all time, mainly because we stand at eye level. He was the point guard of the year in college basketball, and he got drafted and got drafted second round but still made that first round money. And the whole dude was just... You know, fascinating. Harambe, the gorilla. He will be missed. The gorilla who got shot in Cincinnati made such an impact on society, on animal lovers everywhere, for zoos. Everybody, I felt like, was talking about this in 2016. That daggone gorilla that got shot due to a little kid falling in the pit at the Cincinnati Zoo. The little kid fell in the gorilla pit, and Harambe went and picked up the kid. And it was pretty much protecting the kid from getting hurt or or drowning. But they had to shoot him. So, rest in peace, Harambe. Mark Stoops comes on the list at number eight. Through all his adversity, started the year off being the most stressed man in the Commonwealth, and now he has ended being the most chill. And... I said that on the Facebook post, but in reality, he's not really the most chill because after his bowl game, he completely made a fool of himself and overreacted over some of the officiating and had a halftime temper tantrum. But Mark Stoops, I had to put him on the list because of all of the hatred and all of the adversity that he had to go through at the beginning of the year with all of the haters, including myself, All of that stuff that that man had to go through, he still came out on top in 2016. He started at the bottom and ended out on the top, and that's fascinating to me. Number seven, Donnie Tindall. Now, those of you guys who don't know who Donnie Tindall is, he is the former basketball coach at Moorhead State University, my alma mater, and the former University of Tennessee men's basketball coach who got fired. But in 2016, he bounced back after having a radio show. He is now back in his coaching stature as an assistant coach in the D-League for the Raptors 905, and it's in Canada. So I think any time that a man can go through something like that and and bounce back the way he did, I think that's pretty cool. Now, he has made the best out of a bad situation. He can't coach in college basketball. He can't, you know, and nobody's going to hire. He's not really good enough to coach in the NBA. But the man 
has bounced back coaching in the D-League. It might not be the most glamorous job in the world, but hey, if you were a coach in the D-League, I would be pretty impressed by that. So good job, Donnie Tindall. Number six and number five, or I'm sorry, number six is Benny Snell. He is the running back for the University of Kentucky. The reason I put him on the list is because we have discovered a freshman All-American playing for the UK men's football team. And nobody knew he was going to be as good as he was. What was he, a two, three-star recruit? And now he's definitely making a path for himself in the NFL. He's really making an impact in this state. Benny, or I'm sorry, number five would be Ronda Rousey. I think she has really helped women fighters. I think that she's uh, kind of a trailblazer in that genre because there's not many women fighters, and I think that Ronda Rousey was really one tough chick, and I wouldn't want to fight her. Uh, number four, Josh Cook, a local high school basketball coach in Kentucky who I put on the list because of his winning basketball record. I don't know it off the top of my head, but he's won a lot of games. He took his team, Mercer County High School, to the Sweet 16 tournament. And now he is the head coach of George Rogers Clark, meaning he is now at a better school, in a better district, in a better region. And I look for that guy to win a state championship. But he's had a big year. Steven Johnson comes in at number three. He became a Kentucky folk hero, I think, after being ranked after being after beating ranked Louisville, taking UK to its first bowl game in six years. And not to mention, he's become the star quarterback of UK football. And he has solidified himself as the starting quarterback for next season. And Steven Johnson is a guy who was not supposed to be where he's at. He was a transfer. It was supposed to be a backup quarterback. And now he ended up being the star quarterback and has done some great things. Number two on the list is John Hank. And he is the creator of the Pokemon Go game. And Pokemon just seemed to be a thing of the past. But John Hank really took that nostalgia and threw it right back in our faces in 2016 by coming out with that... Uh, Pokemon Go game. That game was without a doubt a huge, huge uh, fad of 2016. And I'm sure he lined his pockets well. And coming in at number one on the list is none none other than Donald J. Trump for obvious reasons. He won the presidency. And I don't know who can be more fascinating than Donald Trump in 2016. I said that to make this list you have to be newsworthy. He was all anybody talked about in 2016. He was definitely newsworthy. He was the news. But that is something I'm going to start doing is the 10 most fascinating people list every single year. I hope everyone had a good New Year's. I went out and celebrated uh, with my friends. um, And I've discovered that I'm just over really partying. I don't like going out. I don't like doing it as much, and I really have cut it down a lot. I didn't go out a lot in 2016. I only really go out for New Year's and Fourth of July and my birthday, but this New Year's Eve, it just kind of made me realize why I do that. It's because it's not as fun as it used to be. That's something for young people anyway, and I know I'm young. I'm 28, but I'm talking, that's for 21 to 25, 26-year-olds going out. 
I'm over it. I mean, some 28-year-olds are probably laughing, saying I'm boring for saying that, but hey, I'm, I'm over it. I had my fun. I went to college, remember? But most people sat at home and watched the ball drop with Ryan Seacrest. And if you did, you probably saw the infamous Mariah Carey countdown where she was supposed to sing that New Year song that, you know, everybody sings when the ball drops, that ode to joy, whatever that song is. But she was supposed to be wearing a earpiece, and that allows her to hear herself, which allows her to perform. Well, I reckon her earpiece malfunctioned, and Mariah couldn't perform, so she talked her way through the song. Now, (laughs) I'm sorry if you are somebody who is getting paid to do something like that, and I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was getting paid a pretty penny to do that. I mean, she was the, the main attraction for the ball drop, and you can't do it. I wouldn't. I I think that she failed her obligations. I think that she needs to definitely take a penalty for that, whether that is a cut in her pay or or what. But I'm sure their penalty will be never to invite her back. I know it wasn't her fault. Her her earpiece malfunctioned. But when you are a professional, you got to be prepared for technical difficulties. And Mariah Carey is just not a savage. She is not someone who can just perform on her own like that. I've never been a Mariah Carey fan. And New Year's Eve kind of just made me even less of a fan of Mariah Carey. But I'm excited for the show. I'm excited for the podcast. I'm excited for everyone to start listening to the show. I think 2017 is going to be a big year for Off the Cuff. I look forward to coming to you every single week, and I hope to grow the podcast. I hope new listeners start listening. If you are a new listener and this is your first time listening, thank you for listening, and let me know that you're listening. Just write me on Twitter at AdamMakes88, or add the Facebook page, or subscribe on iTunes. We're all over the place. But I'm going to quit talking your ear off and sign off And I will see you in the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Adam Banks. You have been listening to Off the Cuff. We will see you later.